Welcome to Moments in Truth. I am your host, Gigi Stikes. The purpose of Moments in Truth is to give you a few minutes of encouragement by providing simple truths from God's Word, identified and explained from a biblical worldview. Now, today we have a great passage, one that I have come back to and reflected on many times. It is from 1 Thessalonians. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn over there, go ahead, go to chapter 5. If you don't have your Bible, you can't open it up. It's okay. Just listen along as I read. We're going to be in verses 14 and 15. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 14, says... Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Now, there's a bunch to break down here, so let's dig right in. And we're going to begin here with the word brethren. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking to gospel believers. Now, the context of this passage is gospel believers talking to other gospel believers. So, what are we to do with each other? Well, number one, we are to warn those who are unruly. So, who are the unruly? If we're talking about gospel believers, remember again, we're not thinking here of someone who is unsaved, who is out sinning in the world. We're talking about a gospel believer. So, in the context of a gospel believer, who are the unruly? Well, in the Greek, the word here for unruly means disorderly and deviating from the prescribed order. It seems as though these are the people who refuse to work. You know, when it's their time to do as they have been taught, they would rather someone else do the work instead. They are more irresponsible. And what is our reactions to these gospel believers? Well, they need to be warned. So they need to be cautioned about where their behavior is going to lead them if they continue to go down this road. Now, this warning needs to be followed up by prayer, and it needs to be followed up with some kind of help to discipline and train them in what is right. And when I say warn, I don't mean yell, okay? Yelling isn't going to accomplish anything. I mean sitting down and talking with them with your Bible open, taking them through what God says, not what you think. You know, it's important that we address things from a biblical point of view. Now, all too often, the assumption is made that if you are a gospel believer, then you should naturally know better especially if you grew up in a Christian home and if you've been going to church since you were a young child. Now, the idea exists that if I am a strong Christian because of how I have been taught, then you should be a strong Christian too. And I think the biggest missing piece to this is really good discipleship. You know, Jesus discipled the men that he chose to go out and start his church ministry. He he nurtured them. He helped them to understand what the expectations were with them. He lived with them every day and helped them to grow. You know, if we expect other gospel believers to know what the Bible says and to live it out, 
in a gospel-centered life, then we need to disciple them. We need to literally train them to do so. Well, the next portion of this, it's, again, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted. So who are the faint-hearted? Now, your version might say feeble-minded or discouraged or disheartened. But in the Greek, it all translates to one of little spirit. And we might say timid. You know, these are people who need regular encouragement in order for them to overcome their difficulties. We are to comfort these people and to continue to comfort them. Not comfort them once and tell them to deal with it, but continue to provide what comfort and encouragement that we can. All right, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the vain-hearted, uphold the weak. So who are the weak? Now, in the Greek, the word here for weak is osthenes, and it means those who are weak spiritually and those who are weak physically. So we are to uphold or support those who cannot support themselves, both spiritually and physically. Now, we've talked about this before, but this is real sacrifice for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, some of us may find this kind of support near impossible these days with the rising of taxes and the cost of living in some areas. But you would be surprised what you could give up when God directed your heart to do so. Now, speaking of sacrifice, years ago, I was in a church and a missionary came through needing support. Now, the congregation was so impacted that they wanted to support the missionary for the next year. But there was a problem. Their budget was already maxed out in their support for other missionaries. So what could they do? Well, the pastor got up and they prayed as a congregation for direction on what to do. Now, they finished in prayer. And the pastor said that he just knew that they needed to support the missionary. And then people started standing up in the congregation and declaring their sacrifices. One father stood up with the support of his family and said that they didn't need cable TV. So they sacrificed that for the year in order to give that money instead to the missionary. I saw a sixth grade boy stand up and he gave up his allowance for the year to go to the missionary. Person after person stood up and said that they would give up something. They would sell something. They would work extra. They would sacrifice in some way in order to help this missionary get to the field so that he could give the gospel to the lost. Now, that was an incredible service that I will never forget because this was a great example of what the New Testament church did for those who were in need. Now, I've never seen anything like this. And I've never again seen anything like it. And that saddens me. Because this is the kind of sacrifice that I believe Christ wants for his family. This shows real, genuine, Christ-like love. All right, let's go back to the text. So warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Now, the Greek word for patience here is long spirit. Now, it's encouraging 
and loving and caring over a long period of time. In other words, when others are provoking you, give them grace and continue to do what you can to help and encourage them. Don't give up. You know, the church needs people who are strong in their faith, who can stand up and stand firm for what the Bible teaches over a long period of time. And I'm not just talking about pastors, okay? All gospel believers are called to follow this passage. All of us are to warn the unruly. All of us are to comfort the faint-hearted. All of us are to uphold the weak. And all of us are to be patient with all. Now, God gives us the opportunity to be strong in him, all of us. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, My brethren, again, talking to gospel believers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, there is no limit to what can be done in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't limit God by saying, I can't. Instead, trust in him and say, I will. All right, let's go back to our text. So warn those who are unruly, come for the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. All right, evil for evil. In other words, no retaliation in thought or action. So Jesus instructs us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38 to turn the other cheek. Don't go out and take revenge on someone who has done something against you. Instead, let it go. You know, I know that we live in a world of vengeance, okay? The superhero franchise that is all about avenging those who render evil has made some $30 billion over the years. And the idea is very popular. But it is the opposite of what Jesus taught. When someone renders evil to you in any way, you are to react through the power of the Holy Spirit, in a supernatural way. You are to endure and pray for them and be kind to them and share the love of Christ with them. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, that leads us to the final bit of this passage. Again, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. So always pursue what is good. Now, I want to make mention of this last phrase because it is something that is often missed. Always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Now, it's easy to come up with solutions that best fit our own needs, but that is not what we are being instructed to do. We need to be doing good for everyone. And make note, in the Greek, this last word, all, actually means everyone. Not just gospel believers, but all of mankind. Now, there is quite a bit of application in what we have discussed already today, okay? You're going to be meditating on this quite a bit uh, to get through this. But I would encourage you 
to take some time and meditate on this passage. This is such an important passage for the gospel believer to know because it is one that reminds us of the kind of person that we need to be for the world's sake. Well, let me pray for you today. Lord God and Heavenly Father, I pray for the listeners today, Lord. I pray that you would help the listeners to be encouragers, help them to be comforters, help them to lift those up who need it most and to be steadfastly patient. I pray, Lord, that you would help the listeners to turn the other cheek and to always pursue what is good for both themselves and for all. Lord God, I pray that you would help the listeners to have grace, to have love, to have forgiveness and patience in their lives as they learn how to help others. And I pray for the same in the lives of others who are helping them. Let us learn to be more like you so that the world can see us as your disciples. Lord, let us take the first step to start loving each other, even if our neighbor, even if our other brother and sister in Christ isn't taking that step. Lord, help us set the example. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to continue to work to live a life of humility. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. I thank you for your strength and for your wisdom and your power to help us get us through our days. I pray for the listeners today that as they're fighting their spiritual battles, that they would not give up, but that they would trust in you and get their strength from you. In your name, I pray these things. Amen. Well, don't miss our next episode, episode 10 of our Love One Another series, as we are going to be talking about what manner that we should extend our love to each other. And what does it look like to love one another? Well, thank you for listening to Moments in Truth with GT Stikes. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, we would love for more people to hear the truth of God's word. And you can help us reach more people by sharing, following, and subscribing to this podcast. Please be sure to check today's show notes for links to any additional resources, encouragement, and how you can help with this ministry.